Hello and welcome to the Mindful Men podcast, the show helping men to open up about manhood. My name is Simon Rennie and my aim is to get men talking. From mental health to fatherhood and everything in between, Mindful Men creates a safe space for conversation. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to say a huge thank you for joining me. It means a world for you to join me and talk about men's issues. And if you love what you hear, please subscribe and share the episode with your mates. You can also join the conversation on Instagram and YouTube, and I'd love to connect with you there. But for now, sit back, relax, and let's get mindful. G'day, guys, and welcome to episode three of the Mindful Men podcast. My name is Simon Rennie, and I'm the man behind Mindful Men. Today's episode is all about depression. It's about that black dog or the dark cloud or however you want to describe it. It's about how depression can creep into our lives and stick around. Today, I want to run you through what depression is. I'll run you through what it feels like and what it looks like so that maybe you might start to recognize it in your life or in the life of someone that you know and love. I'll tell you how depression has showed up in my life and then Towards the end, I'll talk about some of the things that I've tried to work through it over the years in the hope that it might spark something in you to try something different. Now, I know that this chat, it might trigger some listeners out there. And if you think that might be you, have a think about whether or not it's worth skipping this episode. And it's okay if you do. But if you do stick around and something does trigger you, please reach out to your support networks or seek professional help. Now, to paint a picture of depression and how it impacts us, let's start with some stats. In our lifetimes, about one in seven Australians will experience depression. And one in six might experience depression or anxiety or even both at the same time. One in eight men will experience depression. And while this number is lower than women, men are three times more likely to die from suicide because of mental illness. And this suggests that we struggle to talk about it. Globally, about 5% of the adult population live with depression and it's become a leading cause of disability worldwide. These are huge numbers. And if you haven't experienced depression before, these stats suggest that it's likely that you might in the future or someone else that you know has. So what is depression? Well, there's a few types, but today I'll stick to the four that I think most of us are familiar with. And the first is depression. Depression is also sometimes called major depressive disorder or clinical depression. It's that low mood feeling. It's the loss of interest in things that we used to enjoy. It's feeling sad or down or miserable or unhappy, lacking confidence and irritable and overwhelmed. You might feel constantly tired for no good reason at all, constantly sick. You might have regular headaches or even muscle pain. And your gut might be churning constantly and your sleep and appetite, well, they're thrown out the window. You might feel like a failure or that everything is your fault or that everything you do is wrong. You might feel worthless and for some, they even feel suicidal. Your behavior might change. You might start isolating yourself or not getting things done. You might start drinking or taking drugs or meds just to numb the pain. 
and you might be unable to concentrate. Now these symptoms and signs, they're also relevant for the next three, but I wanna start with bipolar disorder. This is where a person's mood shifts between depression, mania, and baseline. It's interesting in that during the mania state, it can seem like the person is living the opposite of depression. And this can make diagnosis particularly tricky. There are periods where the person has high energy, they're talking fast and they're feeling great, if not invincible. But they also have lost concentration or feelings of frustration, irritability, and some of the other symptoms as well. But that can also include psychosis. And this can result in things like hallucinations or delusions. Now, the third and fourth types of depression I want to talk about are important to me as a dad. They're antenatal and postnatal depression, but you might also know them as perinatal depression. Antenatal depression is the period of pregnancy before the baby is born, whilst postnatal depression refers to the year after the baby is born. Then there are the baby blues as well, which reflect a hormonal change in the mother a few days after birth. But this particular one tends to pass without the need of specific care in most cases. And again, the symptoms are generally the same for these types of depression, but they're also mixed up with exhaustion. They're mixed up with excitement and anxiety around becoming a new parent. And this makes it hard to detect. Now, in most cases, it's the mother who is at higher risk of developing these types of depression because in reality, she's doing all the hard work for us. In fact, 10% of women will develop depression during pregnancy and this increases to 16% afterwards. But that doesn't mean that men can't develop antenatal or postnatal depression. In fact, around 5% do. And I can understand why as a dad, you know, having kids, it's scary. Your whole life gets turned upside down where you were once free to do whatever you want, you know, whenever you want and with whoever you want. Now you're thinking about things like nappies and prams and exhaustion from lack of sleep, bottles, screaming, crying. These are all new things that you're experiencing as a first time dad. Then you go back for a second or a third and a fourth and the cycle begins again. And the focus is generally always on the kids and then the missus and then maybe you if you're lucky. And it's important to recognize this because whilst women do the hard yards in pregnancy and labor and beyond, men can feel depression during these periods too. And that's okay. And it's okay to talk about. Now, in terms of diagnosis, let's leave that to the professionals like psychologists or psychiatrists. Me, I use a GP who referred me to a psychologist and I spent some time going through some questions with them, which ended up resulting in my diagnosis. I certainly wouldn't rely on Dr. Google. So if you're concerned you may have depression, your GP might be a good place to start and then they can refer you to a psych if you need it. So what causes depression? Well, that's a pretty loaded question. It's one of those, how long is a piece of string style questions. One person's depression might be caused by a single event while another person's depression well, that might come from a lifetime of events and issues, but generally speaking, causes could be things like stress at work, at home, or even at school. It could be from long-term unemployment or disability or isolation due to where you live. It could be from genetics or your personality or substance abuse. 
And for some, it could be chemical imbalance in the brain, but for others, it isn't. It could be from a life event like losing your job or a loved one or everything in a bushfire or a flood or even the impacts of COVID. As I said before, the cause for one person will be completely different to the next. Now, before I get into treatment, let me wind back the clock a little bit and tell you about how depression has entered my life. Depression started for me around the high school years, during those teenage years, and I had a lot of the symptoms I mentioned earlier. I had that sick feeling in the gut, the constant exhaustion from lack of sleep, low mood, feeling down. I had headaches and so on. And these symptoms, they consumed me every single day. They tormented me. Even when I was trying to sleep, I, my mind would be constantly racing about these types of things. And for the most of the part, I kept it hidden. I never told anyone I felt like this because I was scared. I was scared of what it meant to say that I was struggling mentally. And this brought shame. I grew up in a time when boys were told not to cry because it would be weak, where boys had to be strong and emotionless. But also I didn't know what was actually happening to me. I didn't know I had depression. I didn't really know what depression was. I didn't know this until my late 20s when I finally got diagnosed. So as a teenager, the only way I felt I could express this was the dark poetry and the dark heart that I mentioned in episode two. And I did this pretty much in my school diary. The diary turned from keeping track of assignments and, and my calendar to scribbles and sketches of me expressing my internal pain. I showed you know, what my works to a few friends and some of them liked it and others laughed and Others just looked at me weird. But I felt comfort and strength in the diary for some reason. And for years, it was my only real outlet. It was my way of processing things. So what was the cause? Well, I can't tell you that. I don't know. But it certainly gave fuel to my anxiety and my OCD. I spent years in fear of other people, particularly other kids at school. And to avoid eye contact, I looked down pretty much any time I walked around. I'd be scared of a people, of every, everyone and anyone. But it's most likely a group of guys at school that you'd call the tough guys, you know, the ones that boast about beating other people up and, and so on. And these guys scared the hell out of me. So I spent all of my time trying to avoid them. And if one of these guys happened to catch a glimpse of me, I thought my whole world would come crashing down. I was scared, if not terrified of getting beat up for some reason. But did I ever get beat up? No, not even close. In reality, these guys probably saw straight through me. I was probably nothing to them. Yet I thought they were constantly looking at me. I thought that they were constantly talking about me and they were constantly out to get me. So in this particular example, what did I have to be afraid of? I actually have no idea, but I was, I was terrified. And no matter if I was at school or on school holidays, all I could think about was this group of guys and the fear that I have in a schoolyard or on the bus ride home, or even if I go to the shops on the weekend, if I happen to see them there. And even after school finished and I was free from the schoolyard forever, this fear, it stuck around. It turned into people on public transport, or in the city as I walked from the train to my university. But despite what part of my life I was in, 
The fear dragged me down. It always did. It had me scared, anxious, worried. It boxed me up and told me that I was nobody. And with this, I felt down and out. I was depressed. I was sick of this feeling this way, but I had no other way out. I had no way of letting go of the fear. So the fear actually became a comfort blanket. It became what I knew and I learned to live with it. And even now as a dad, I still feel it. It's when people walk past me in the park or the street or to the shops. And they remind me of these guys I went to school with. Now, the fear is a lot less intense these days. I can happily say that depression isn't really in my life at this very moment. But this is a key point. Depression for me, it comes and goes. In high school and uni, this was the time that was particularly bad for me. This constant fear, the constant anxiety, the lack of sleep, the loss of appetite, it all got me down. It kept me low. It kept me feeling like a shadow of my former self. And there were so many days where I just wanted an older end. Back in 2012, when I finally got the help, it was actually a different kind of depression that took me there. It was loneliness with moving to a new state and town. And it was feeling like I was stuck in a rut constantly with no way out. I was battling the daily grind of work with no foreseeable growth in myself, my paycheck or my job. And this brought on irritation. I'd drink to excess on the weekends and I ended up feeling gross about myself both inside and out. It was battling with others, deflecting and saying, there's nothing wrong with me. Why do I need help? I was tired, I was fed up and I was frustrated. And yes, I was depressed. Saying it out loud is a weird feeling, but for many people, unless they say it, you never know that they actually have it. That's because mental illness is not always visible. There's been many times in my life where I've considered myself kind of high functioning, where despite what's going on on the inside, I could put on a mask and fool the world that everything was okay. But I found over time that even the best of masks, they fall apart. And now I'm all about ripping off that mask and chatting about what's going on. So how have I coped with depression for all these years? Well, for 20 of them, I bottled it up. But that was no good for me, nor anyone I've ever spoken to about mental health. But what I have learned are some tips and tricks along the way. But before I get into them, it's important to know that there is no magic pill that's going to cure depression right there and then. There is no one way to treat depression. What works for me or what has worked for me won't necessarily work for you or a loved one or a stranger. But I'm happy to share with you what has worked. At the very start, it was all about talking about mental illness. Yep, the hardest part of my journey. It was saying the words, I need help. It was booking the GP and going to the appointment. It was getting a mental health care plan. It was then booking a psychologist and going to see them as well. It was being okay with not being okay and being okay to talk about things without holding back, no matter how silly it sounds. And with this came trialing different medications. And I think trialing is a key word here because different meds have different side effects for everybody. 
Some side effects I've had include things like nausea and weight gain, feeling emotionally numb, almost kind of like you can't really be happy or, and you can't really be sad, you're just in the middle. Skin outbreaks with zits popping up everywhere. With one med that I took because I was having trouble sleeping, once I took it, I was out cold within 30 minutes. The key with meds is consistency. And if you miss a day, your body will surely tell you about it. You might experience withdrawals from na like nausea or headaches. But if you take them every day, like you're meant to, they can certainly help and they have helped me. And then when everything's good, you might even be able to come off of them. But I think if you're going to do this, it's best to talk to your GP first on how you might approach it. The next tip I have is, is living a healthy lifestyle. It seems like a no-brainer, but what you eat and drink impacts your mental health. When you eat and drink shit, you feel like shit. It's simple. The same goes for exercise. The more you can do, the better you'll feel. And this is particularly important for those moments when you know, you're feeling down in the dumps. I'll be honest, I've rarely found that a walk or a run or a gym or a swim session hasn't in some way picked up my mood. And what I'd like to add here is it might look different as you age. For me, when I was younger, footy, soccer and basketball, they were all my things. Now, I'm more likely to tear a hamstring than I am to kick a goal. So I've had to adapt. As I get older, I like the gym a bit more. And in the last year, I've taken up Pilates and yoga, which I've really enjoyed. And then it's important to have a good night's sleep. Whether you're going to bed early or spending longer in bed, turning off the TV or reading a book before you drift off, whatever it is, make it a healthy routine and then you'll be on your way to improve mental health. And the last tip I'll give you, at least for now, is one that I've come to discover as I've gotten older. It's doing what you can to maximize your well-being. This is a holistic approach to you know, your whole self. The line in the sand moment in your life where you let go of the anchors that have been holding you down and start to pursue the things that you actually want from life. Is it improving your health and fitness? Is it about going back and studying or changing jobs? Is it redefining your inner circle and letting go of toxic relationships in your life that are holding you back? Is it getting your finances into order? Is it reading books that broaden your knowledge? Is it changing what you listen to on the radio or watching on TV? Is it listening to podcasts like this one or reading self-help books? Maybe it's writing self-help books. Is it pursuing your dreams? like starting a business or trying something that you've always wanted to try, but you've never bothered to do it. Maybe it's going to therapy, but not because you have to, but because you want to, kind of like a check-in, just to keep you on track. All these things can help maximize your well-being. And when we focus on our well-being, we start to grow. We grow out of the box that's been holding us back for years. We start to develop our confidence start to live authentically and we live with purpose this is the path that i'm currently on living more authentically and with greater purpose as i said before depression it comes and goes it's the black dog that gets bigger because we keep feeding it but if we stop feeding it 
if we start talking about what's troubling us on the inside, we can start to heal. We can learn what's happening to us. We can understand what depression is. And we could be taught strategies on how to manage this so that mental illness becomes mental health. And with this, we can start to move on with our lives and stop walking under that black cloud and even wave the black dog away. And as we do this, we become mindful of ourselves. We become mindful of who we are as people and who we want to be, who we're going to be. And we'll acknowledge that, yep, there's going to be some shit days. There's going to be days where you fall off the bandwagon completely, off that recovery path. There's going to be days where you forget your meds or eat shit and you don't exercise. There will be days where everything is dark and full of gloom. But what I want you to remember is this quote that helped me way back when in my darkest days. The sun will always rise tomorrow. And when you remember this, remember that tomorrow is a new day. Tomorrow is a new opportunity to grow. Tomorrow is another day to overcome mental illness. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you got something out of today's episode. And please, again, if you were triggered from the things that we talked about, please reach out to your support networks. And before I go, don't forget to drop us some love on the socials. I really love seeing you there and hearing your comments and your likes. My name is Simon Rooney. Until next time, stay mindful. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode and I hope you got some value from it. If anything triggered your mental health today, please reach out to your support networks. Also, if you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your mates. For more from Mindful Men, you can check us out on Instagram and YouTube and I'll throw the links to these pages in the show notes below. But until next time, stay mindful. Thank you.